Thank you, Ethan. Thank you, Pastor Clem. Let's give a big hand to our youth ministry team, together with our PNP team. You know, it's a combined worship team today. I want to greet all those of you online as well, and we pray for God's peace to be with all of us as we gather to worship the Lord. Are you excited for God's Word? Are you excited? Yes, I am, I am, because I believe God has a message for each one of us, young or old. I believe that God has a living word for us. And I pray you open your heart to receive what the Spirit speaks to you. Amen? Amen. Come, let's join me in prayer. Father, thank you. Your presence is right here. We're so privileged together. Come, Holy Spirit. Open our hearts to receive your word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable, or be delightful to you, O God. For you are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to begin by proclaiming scripture. I'm going to invite Isabel from Youth Ministry to come. Let's give her a big hand. Isabel, thank you. So, one verse. 1 Timothy 4, verse 12. Isabel. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And this is the word of our Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Thanks, Isabel. Give her a big hand. Come on. (laughs) You know, my friends, in many ways, this single verse is pivotal to the ministry to our youth. Because we are here to help our youth be that example. To set that example. And what we are doing is we are laying foundations for the love, that faith and purity that they will have in their lives. So that they can be lifelong disciples. Turn to your neighbor and say lifelong disciples. Lifelong disciples. Because we believe that they will go through a season in YM, but they will leave YM to young adulthood. And from there, they will move on to be a lifelong disciple. And the purpose of YM is to lay those foundations. Is to lay those foundations that they will be faithful beyond their time in YM to a life where they will serve and seek the Lord. And today, we are so privileged to celebrate 20 years of God's faithfulness in YM. Come on, will you join me in celebrating God's faithfulness? 20 years since YM started. YM started in 2004. Back then, we had different ministries. We have Sunday school. We have young adult groups from young adult group. And they felt a vision to connect all the youth under one umbrella, the youth ministry, purpose to lay the foundations. I want you to sit back and enjoy this video which they put together to celebrate God's faithfulness for the past 20 years.
It would be one night at a sub-ministry retreat where the ushers went through an exercise of affirming each other's strengths and gifts. That night, I saw the power of words to build up and encourage, to instill confidence in the shyer and quieter ones, and to light up genuine smiles. During my time at YM, I found God, I found my small group, and I even found my wife. And many of the youths and leaders who I met at YM still remain a very important part of my life. Some are still close friends, and some are even colleagues. And these are the same people who've prayed and journeyed with me all these years. It was only when I was 16 years of age that I signed up for my first YM camp, and this was back in 2005. I remember the camp speaker challenged us to surrender our lives fully to Jesus Christ. Not 90% of our lives, but our full, complete, 100% devotion. At that point, I was thinking I had my own dreams and my own future. And then I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart at that moment. I was afraid that if I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, will I have no more control of my future? I eventually responded, and I took that step of faith forward to respond to the altar call. As the church talks about inclusivity, I really hope for YM to become an inclusive community, where not a single person will feel left out, excluded, unwelcome or out of place. I hope that every youth that steps into YM will leave having experienced the love of God in a deeply personal way, be it through the Word, through worship, serving, prayer, or even being part of community that journeys together. The ministry belongs to the youth, and they will eventually take over the ownership from their leaders at the appropriate time. My hope is that YM can be a place where the youth can feel belong to with their peers, find nurturance for their faith, and be given opportunities to serve and own the ministry for themselves. Use transform for Christ. That's the vision. That's the vision of YM. And many of us as leaders, as pastors, we have a privilege just to journey with our youth through this every season of seeing them transform into the likeness of Jesus Christ. You know, to lay lifelong discipleship or to posture for that, I want to begin by asking you to go to Slido. Is that okay? All right, go to Slido. Okay, join at slido.com at PNP. There's one question I want to begin asking you. Okay. Come, let's get to Slido a little. Okay, can you help me launch that? Thank you very much. And the question is, who is your hero? Okay, who is your hero? Help me on that. It's a wonderful picture here, a young youth helping a, a older gen just get into Slido. That's good. Yeah, help each other get to that. All right. Okay, who is your hero? Jesus. Wow, so Christian. It's all right. It's great. Father, Papa, my wife, Nelson Mandela, LeBron James. Okay, that's probably a young person. Okay, my big boss. Who's your big boss? I like the one that says, my wife is my hero. Wow. All right. Spider-Man. Father-in-law. That's interesting. Okay, Cantona. Eric Cantona. Those of you Manchester fans. Yeah, United fans. Okay, right. Uh, Lee Kuan Yew. Okay, Wow. Okay, interesting answers. Very good. Come on, keep that going. Who is your hero? Who is your hero? Heavenly Father. You're right. Really interesting to see who our heroes are. So Jesus still stands out as... Oh, Pastor Ray, thank you very much. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but... 
Thank you. But who else? Yeah. One Punch Man. All right. Great. Good, good, good answers. Good answers. Keep that going. Keep that going. Okay. As you share your answers, who's your hero? I see John Piper. I see, wow, lots of great heroes out there. But can I share with you, First Timothy 4, 9, 12 says, the youth are to set an example. So if you want to apply this verse, the first point I want to leave with you in lifelong discipleship, and let's talk back to the PowerPoint slides, please. Yeah. The first point I want to leave with you is you got to allow our youth to set the example. You got to allow our youth to set the example. You see, for First Timothy 4.12 to come alive, the youth have to be your hero. And it's so important that we see the heroes in our youth. That's the first application point. For this verse, for them to set an example, you must want to see the example in them. You must allow them to be the heroes in your life. And so if I do another survey, slido survey, I want to invite you to see your children, the youth among us, as a hero. Maybe it's their perseverance, their creativity. Maybe it's their passion. Ask the Lord to open your spiritual eyes to see the hero in them, the example in them, and allow your heart to be blessed by their example. It's an intentionality that you need to have. And it starts with that. You've got to allow them to be example. Here's a picture of the YM camp. They are my heroes when it comes down to holding the pails like that. It takes a lot of effort, guys. I can learn something about that, about app power, right? Here. And so, if I were to toggle back to Slido again, I'm going to ask you the next question. How has someone younger been an example to you? Is that okay? Now, as you reorientate, think of someone who has been younger, who has been an example to you. Just, just put it down. Let's encourage one another. Okay, Someone who is younger, who has been an example to you. Youths, you can participate as well. As you look down, he says, someone who is your hero. My daughter, thank you. Right. Acknowledge that. Song Tao, my son. Wife, who's younger wife, yeah? Resilience, thank you. You acknowledge the resilience in your children, the fearlessness, the ambition. I don't know. That's honest. Thank you for that. My lovely daughters, my son, my children, the simplicity of faith, the generosity that they show. Come on, keep it going. Let's appreciate the heroes among our young ones for what they have done. They're full of hope. Good. Their generosity. I see, I see their perseverance. My kids serving in church. Thank you. That's how they set an example for us. And so this is the first point I want to leave with you. First Timothy 4.12 comes alive when you, when you allow them to be the example, that hero for you. Is that okay? That's the first point. And here, will you join me in inviting Marvis and Lauren as they come up? They're from the youth ministry. They're going to join me and they're going to help me preach this sermon. All right, let's just welcome them. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Marvis. So, just a quick intro about yourself. How old are both of you? How old? I'm 18. Um, 18 or so. Uh, okay. I'm from the same small group. Ah, same small group I am. Alright. So, one fun fact about yourselves and maybe one comfort food that you enjoy. Okay. Uh, I can go first. Uh, fun fact about myself. I realised that I sleep with my eyes open. Oh, you're my hero. How do you do that? I have no idea. There's are many meetings I attend and I need to, you know, keep my eyes open and yeah. Mm. Right. Then, okay. Uh, How about comfort food? Comfort food. Scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs. Yeah. 
For McDonald's? No, just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, any, any cafe? No, what? Any cafe in mine. Okay, yeah. right, good. Lauren, over to you. I like my grandmother's steamboat. Oh, as is my that restaurant? Food. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 my grandmother's. Your grandmother's actual steamboat. <laughs> yes, okay. yes. And uh, my fun fact, uh, uh, I'm born on 3rd April 2005, so it means my birthday is 030405. Wow. Uh, that's really good. Cool. Uh, people are wondering, do you make a mistake in your... Okay. So I'm going to ask you, how has YM been special for you? Um, YM has been special for me through the community in YM. To me, the people in YM make up what... Um, the the importance of the place la. and then um, through my small group through the sub ministries that I serve in be, be it cross trainers um, which is the activities uh, sub ministry or philotheos the worship sub sub ministry yeah through through those just being mentored and being discipled by the leaders thank you I hear community being mentored being discipled. What about you, Lauren? Uh, yeah, it's actually very similar to Marvel's. Like, like him, I also came out from CM. So yeah, I've been here in YM my entire life. And this is really where I matured in my faith and had my first uh, encounters with God and had my first um, community of faith. Yeah, like brothers and sisters in Christ. I can like have discussions and grow and also have a lot of fun. Okay, all right, thanks. So I'm going to ask you guys, in what ways can youth set an example for us today? In your own words, your own thoughts. I think um, the first step is to like show love to other people, right? Show to love. Uh, make to have these relationships with other people, so you have an avenue through which you can impact other people's lives through acting like God, like um, like exemplifying His faith. Then it's like you make time for your friends or your family, and you get to like share His word. And also, I share in the joy that you have in these relationships. Okay. So, as he's setting example in loving, building community, reaching out, what about you, Marvis? I think to build on the example of um, uh, setting an example would be to just serve in church. Serve in church. I think yeah. it's it's important for the for the younger people to still be present and to be seen in church mm. and to just be an inspiration to to not always think of it as receiving from those who are more senior than you, but to also value the wisdom that you can give unto them and uh, just the young energy that you can provide. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, give them a big hand for the answer. Wow. Young energy to serve. You know, if you step into our YM service, you see many of our youths just owning the service. So they're not just sitting down there, you know, coming to attend service. They are running the services. They're leading worship. They are engaged. They are part of the ministry. So that's one thing I believe you can set an example. And you have done a wonderful job in doing that. That's the first point I want to leave with you. Allow our youth to be an example. The second point I want to leave with you in lifelong discipleship for our youth is we got to lead our youth with our example. Lead them with your example. You know, if you want to, if you want our youth to set an example, then there is a kind of a standard that I think they should be able to look to. A standard that they look to. You know, this, these two persons you see on the screen, on the left is Eric. Eric used to be a, a, a YSGL, a youth small group leader, many years in YM serving faithfully. And on the right is Victoria, who's still currently serving and has served faithfully as a leader. I see both of them as setting an example for our youth. In fact, Paul tells Timothy, this is the standard. 
He says, until I come, devote yourself to public reading of scripture, to preaching, to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which is given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. And he says this to Timothy, be diligent so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And so this is the example. Because the truth is that more is caught than taught. We know that. The youth will watch us the example we set in our purity, in our life, in our doctrine. In fact, 1 Timothy 4.12 sets us two areas for us to show an example. The first is through our speech. Our example in speech where there is no unwholesome talk. Ephesians 4.29 says, Don't let any of that unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only for what is helpful for building others. Example is when we are set apart. Let me tell you how we are set apart in our speech. The Word of God gives us clear instructions. Our example in speech is when we will not use filthy language. These days, language can get you into a lot of trouble. So be very careful. We don't swear in God's name. We don't gossip. We don't slander. We don't say hurtful things or rude things. You know, it's a story of a teacher. Story of a teacher, this is a real story. And a student in a class was just using vulgarities nonstop. And no matter how hard she tried to stop him, he would just go on every now and then. He's trying very hard. But he would go on every now and then. The teacher got fed up. Decided to call the father. Pick up the phone, call the dad. The first word the dad said was a vulgarity. More is caught than taught. Instead, my friends, we are called to use our words to encourage and to build up. We are called to use our words to praise and glorify God. And through our words, we set an example for the youth. Now, what about conduct? Speech, but what about conduct? So let me turn back to the panelists, right? What is one example of conduct you hope to see from the adults? Wow. Spotlight. What do you hope to see more and what do you hope to see less? Ladies first. Okay, I think one big thing that we learn from like the adults in our life is how to conduct ourselves in like our decisions and how to like look to God in faith and uh, to trust in His plan. So I think one of the most important things I've learned from my parents is to how to um, like commit my plans to Him. Mm. And I think they reset a really good example in uh, ensuring that me and my brother know how to always look to God first before we act. That's yeah. great. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Anything you want to see less in your parents? <laughs> uh, if it's okay to say, share, you know. Not really less, but I think well, another important thing that I think would be good to see more is to like uh, be able to have sensitive um, like discussions on like sensitive discussions. Yeah, discussions on like sensitive topics, mm. in, like in faith. So I think it's important so that uh, kids grow up to know how to address these topics instead of being afraid to address them. Thank you, yeah. thank you, Lauren. Yeah, Mavis, your turn. Um, I think for me, what what was encouraging to see from like the leaders above me was just how willing they were to listen and to hear, mm. and it creates very vulnerable yet open and honest environments where you can just be yourself. You can just be honest with your struggles. It's inspirational to just see how your leaders treat those under them. Those um, those that they are working with. And like you said, it's always 
what you see and then what you learn. It's not just what is told to you. Mm. So in in terms of that, also I think it's important for. Um, those who are more senior do not just think of those who are more junior as like being lesser or being inferior. Mm. Do not be trifled upon just because of your youth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, what I hear is really the example of authenticity, vulnerability, willingness to have difficult discussions, I suppose. That's the kind of conduct that we hope to see more from our parents and adults. Now, what is an example of conduct you hope to see from the youth? What do you think the youth can show more? Yeah. The youth can show more love and more grace in terms of like if the older generation are not so familiar with current topics or if they are in that mindset that they have grown up with that could be more traditional, could be more conservative. I think it's it's prone of youth to want to be um exercise their individual rights to say what they want to say and then in that sense like force it down their throat mm. so I think what what is important in what we expect of our adults is for them to accept us and in the same way for us to accept them too thank you so the mutual acceptance right of one another Lauren over to you uh, I think uh, what stood out for me for the verse is to set an example in love mm. so uh, yeah, so just to take the time to understand other people, like, mm. it's related to what Mama said, to make time to listen out, uh, to hear other people's, like, fears or concerns or even um, doubts, yeah, so that you can, like, use your faith also to help them through it. Thank you, thank you. Come on, let's give them a big hand again. Every time they answer, you know, I just learn new things, new insights, so thank you. To adults, the older ones among us, let's just glean from what the youths have shared, the willingness to journey, the willingness to be vulnerable, and also youths among us, the willingness to have that grace to accept the adults for who we are. We are different from you, but I think it starts from their willingness to set an example for one another. So the second point I leave with you is lead our youths with your example, your example in speech, your example in conduct. My final point is to lay the foundations for their example. It's different from leading them with your example, but you gotta lay the foundations for their example. Because their example would not be the same as yours. Every generation has an example which is similar, but yet different because it's in a different season, different times. But we gotta lay the foundations for good godly example. Timothy shared that with, uh, no, Paul shared that with Timothy. He said in 2 Timothy 2.2, he said, And what you have heard from me through many witnesses, entrust to faithful people who will be able to teach others as well. And so here is the vision. Vision is important. Vision for the foundations that we lay. See, Paul lays that foundation for Timothy. Timothy lays that foundation and passes it on to faithful men who will then pass on to others. There is a multiplication model that happens here. This is the vision for YM. That even as we lay the foundations in our youth, one day they will go on to lay the foundations in the next generation and the generations to come. Amen? I want to remember how my youth leaders have laid their foundation in me. Gordon Tan, who used to serve in a, uh, we call it a young adult group, YAG, and the intermediate department. That was the old days before I was formed. Gordon was my youth leader. And in many ways, he impacted me so deeply. He journeyed with me. 
and he left foundations in me that I could now pass on. And I'm just so blessed to, you know, be able to cross paths with Jordan's son, you know, in the Trackers program. And let me share you another example. I was mentoring a youth leader in YM when I was YM pastor. That's 2011 to 2014. And then the very same leader happened to mentor my son. And I pray that my son will mentor the others. There are three foundations that 1 Timothy 4.12 highlights for us. Very simply put, remember, and I think these are core foundations of the youth ministry. Love, faith, and purity, right? Set an example in love, faith, and purity. So if you ask me, what are the foundations that we lay and we sow? These are the three. Let me begin with purity. Purity, the word comes from this idea of being set apart. In fact, purity here really means to be chaste, to be sexually pure. But my friends, we know that purity actually only flows from a pure heart. Purity comes from a pure heart. You know, the Word of God tells us in Matthew 5, 8, that blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Because a pure heart is what longs after God, and when you long after the Lord, you will see the Lord. You will encounter the Lord. And so let me ask, Lauren, you know what are the challenges for youth today to have a pure heart? Hmm. Um, okay, I saw something that that like a pure heart is one that's only for God and the yeah. purposes are only for God. So I think obviously in our society, we have a lot of pressure and we measure ourselves against society's meter of success. Right? Okay. So in, uh, in our uh, ambitions and like having a family, like a nuclear family. And I think uh, we will lose sight of um, our main purpose, which is for God. So okay. I think that's a big challenge that blinds a lot of youth. Okay, so the distractions, challenges of the world, yeah, I guess very the temptations, yeah, very real. Mavis, how can we as adults help the youth to stay pure and to have a pure heart? How can we play our part? Mm. I think the most fundamental of all is just to keep them in prayer, but preferably to be praying over them, with them around, because it's one to pray over them, it's another to hear that, hey, you are cared for, and I'm keeping you in prayer. I want to journey with you. I want to be accountable with you. Ah, I see. So there's a difference between praying over them and praying with them and they actually hear your prayers. So parents and young adults, that's something I think we need to remember. You know, there's power when you actually sit down and pray with your children. Words, they hear, hear your words. They can hear your prayers. And that's a way of really encouraging them to stay pure in times like that. We're going to move on to faith. The next foundation is faith. This word faith comes from this idea of trusting, right? Putting a confidence in someone. First thing I want you to know, my friends, faith is not manufactured. Faith is a gift. Remember this. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tells us that, you know, we are saved by grace through faith. And it is not of ourselves. It is a gift from God. And here's the wonderful part of it. It's a gift from God. But when you pray for that gift, we say, God, give me that gift. The Lord grants you the ability to take the next step of faith to trust in Him. But my friends, do you know that faith is also an environment? Because there are environments that we can put apart and set apart to help our youths and everyone desire for more of God. To desire to have faith in God. And so our homes, if you think about it, is a faith environment. Our homes can be a place where our youths will grow up and say, Lord, I want to believe in you because I see that happening in my parents. My parents believe in you. My parents pray. My parents do their quiet time. My parents actually set aside to 
come together to discern what is God's purpose and God's will for the family. Now, these things stir faith and stir longing for more faith. So your home is a faith environment. Do you know that YM is a faith environment? Every time we come on Saturday for YM, there is this place where we express our desire for more of God in our lives right here among the youth. And that's why these faith environments can be nurtured. So Marvis, how has your faith been built up through YM? My faith has been built up through YM, through the experiences that I've had, um, which mostly come from things like camps and retreats. But I think what makes it special is not that it's a camp, but rather that there's that intentionality to just come and be still before Him, to, mm. to seek Him and just put all the worldly distractions aside. And um, also through the lives of my mentors and my leaders who pour into my life, just um, seeing how they treat the people around them and just them as an inspiration to, to be there and ask for our forgiveness, even when it feels quite ironic that they are above us and we expect them to be flawless, but yet they recognize their flaws and they come in humility to just ask for forgiveness and to give um, to just ask for love thank yeah. you so much I was at the last YM camp we had a session right here last night where we saw groups going to each other to ask for forgiveness youth asking forgiveness from their leaders leaders asking for forgiveness from their youth such a powerful picture of humility and willingness just to put their faith in the Lord Lauren, just one last question for you, right? Share with us a time where your faith was really down and how, how did the Lord just pick you up? Uh, I think something that really stood out to me uh, when I was thinking about this question was, uh, like, earlier last year, I was, like, really struggling in my faith and I was prioritizing other things. I wasn't really coming to church. And I think my turning point was when I came, uh, when I went to AC now, like it's uh, the school night of worship. Yeah. yeah, so I think God really brought me back. And through that and conversations with like mentors in church, like uh, and Christian fellowship, uh, the mentors there and the youth community there, I was able to come back to him and uh, re-entrust my life to him. Wow. Uh, that was very yeah heartening. Thank you so much for that. Come, let's give them a big hand. Yeah. So guess what, guys? We're going to release you, okay? These are the last two questions for you. Let's give them a big hand even as they go down. Thanks, Barbas. Thank you, Lauren. So how, how, how do we actually build the faith of our youth? I just want to share two very quick practical handles. Number one, I think we want to create opportunities for personal encounter. Remember, faith is a gift from God. And so what we want to do is to, we want to help our youths get into the environment where they can encounter God for themselves and be transformed by God. It's not by our persuasion, not by how much Bible teaching we do for our youths. It's only God that can transform. And so what are some of these faith environments? For example, Marvis talk about YM Camp. So YM Camp is a very important platform every year where the youths gather for three days and they will intensely seek the Lord together. They will hear His Word, they will respond, they will encounter God. So parents, your holiday plans, if I may suggest, try and schedule it to allow your youths to be able to attend YM Camp. Now whether they eventually go or not, that's not the mad question. You've done your best. You've scheduled in such a way that there's space that if they do want to go and the Lord works in marvelous ways, they go. There are other opportunities like 
AC night of worship. That's like a special night of worship that schools have. Every school would typically have that. You know, encourage your, your children to go for that, just for the encounter, so that they know that God is real for themselves and it stirs faith. The other very practical thing that you can do is to be very authentic in your struggles for faith. Oh, by the way, if you're interested in the dates for YM Camp, here's the day of the dates. We are letting you know early, 16 to 19 December, there's a QR code there, right, for parents who are interested, indicating interests, not saying that, you know, you will be there or your children will be there, just indicating interests. And this year, because it's 20th anniversary, YM Camp will be held here at Wesley. Yes, because we want our youth to come home and to know that they can encounter God right here in this hall, right here in this church, and not at some overseas resort. It's here that we pray that you will encounter the Lord. This is home. Truly, this is where I know I must be. Thank you for finishing this song for me. <laughs> so, set aside the dates for YM Cam. Number two, if you really want to stir faith, you've got to be authentic with your faith struggles. It's okay, parents. It's okay, adults. Hey, guys, we don't have it all made. We struggle with faith. I struggle with faith every now and then. I struggle with faith when the people I pray for don't get well. I struggle with faith when the people I minister and counsel, they don't turn around. I struggle with faith when I don't see results for my ministry. I struggle. God, are you real? Come on. We are, all, we are real people. And so let's be authentic with our youth that we struggle. And in a place of authenticity, let's help each other take that next step of faith. Can I hear amen to that? I'm going to press on. The last foundation, and then with this I'll close, is love. I want to spend a bit more time on this because the love here is agape love. So Paul tells Timothy, set an example in what? Love, faith, and purity. The word there, love, is agape love. And agape love is used 115 times in the New Testament. Agape love is not a love that can be manufactured. It's not a love that, you know, that we can try and produce on our own. My friends, agape love comes from God. God initiates love. We love only because He first agape, agapos. He first loved us. And this is important. And so if you want to love your youth and love your children with agape love, you need to first be loved by God. You need to first be secure and rooted in the agape love that comes. If you don't have that security, if you're not seeking for it, you cannot manufacture the agape love. Agape love is marked by two qualities. The first and foremost, it is unconditional. Romans 5, 8 says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So remember my friends, nothing in us is deserving of this agape love. Nothing in us can return God for this agape love. But yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. This is grace. This is amazing love. Therefore, if you ask me unconditional love, it's love when there is no entitlement. We are very entitled as Singaporeans. And sometimes even when we love, we feel entitled to receive something in return. True agape love is without expecting anything in return, yet you love. It's not easy. Never said it was, but it's worth it. It's worth it because it is God's kind of love. How many of you here are Swifties? Swifties unite. Thank you for the honesty, Cheryl. Yeah, I see your hand. Okay, all the young ones don't dare to raise their hands. Taylor Swift has significantly united families or torn apart families. Because of that Taylor Swift venture, the youth have come together like never before. 
So let me ask you, parents, is queuing up overnight to get Taylor Swift tickets unconditional love? How many of you actually are willing to queue up overnight to get your daughter or son, son, a Taylor Swift ticket? Parents, any? Don't dare to raise hands because you really did it. You're the first to rush through the gate. The moment the gate opened, you, boah, you chong. You're the only auntie in the midst. Perhaps not. Because the condition to get you a Taylor Swift ticket is you better study hard. You better appreciate your parents, you know. You better clean your room. You better know how much you are loved, son and daughter. You better know. You better know is a condition. Of course, there are legitimate conditions. Youth call it legit. It's legit. But the kind of love that is unconditional is even when our youths don't appreciate us, even when they don't even want your love, or they have left the faith, or they filled every expectation of yours, or they're downright prodigal, and yet you still love. Now, instinctively, as parents, we will love. But we often love with conditions. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that we are able to transform that part of us, but I'm saying is that if you really want to reach the next generation, to lay that foundation, you've got to model that unconditional love so that your children will one day grow up, they may become parents like you, and then they will model that unconditional love because they've experienced that from you. That's how we sow to the next generation. That's how discipleship is lifelong. They catch that from you. There's a Westy family. The dad and the mom will bring their children to visit the least and the last in Jalan Berseh. They will bring their children from young. Their children will go with them and they will show unconditional love to these people living one-room flats. And over time, their children caught that from their parents. Today, their children are young adults and they are in missions. They are in social concerns and outreach. Why? You may ask. Because their parents showed that unconditional love to the least and last around them. Remember that, my friends. Agape love is also tangible. It is also practical. And because it's practical, it's sacrificial. There is going to be an amount of sacrifice. First John 3.16, Jesus says, not Jesus, John says, this is love, that Jesus laid down his life for us. That laying down is that sacrifice. So if you ask me, Pastor Ray, what then is the kind of sacrificial love we can give to the youth and our young people? Number one is discipleship in the discipline. Discipleship in the discipline. It's very easy to discipline. Because when you do something wrong, discipline will come. But it takes a lot more to sacrifice and say, son and daughter, let me show you God's hand, God's purposes in the discipline. That's discipleship. To be willing to say God has a larger purpose and to wrestle with the doubts of your children, oh, that's tough. To be able to say, I don't have the answers, but I know God is taking us through a discipleship process as a family. That's difficult. That's sacrificial. What sacrificial love? is perseverance in the journey. In the journey. You know the word journey came out a few times in the press earlier. Ethan prayed that prayer. Journey is a key part in our youth ministry. You see, we are not occasional ministers, which means that we don't only minister to our youth on occasions. We actually journey with them for years. And through that journey, that's how we see the ups and the downs. We see how their passions have developed. We see how they have left the church and came back like Lauren. We see how they struggle and wrestle with their faith. It's a journey. Are you prepared to journey with? Or are you just interested in occasions? And finally, what is sacrifice in love? It's my favorite. It's compassion in the crucible. 
Compassion in the crucible. Where is the crucible? The crucible is high heat when metal is purifying. In the crucible for our youth, every youth, myself included in my younger days, we go through crucibles. We go through times where we are refined, where the testing is so difficult. It's so painful. It could be a trial where your dreams may be crushed. And then God says, do you find people around you that are compassionate enough right there to be with you in the crucible? I remember a youth sharing me once, his dream was crushed. He wanted to be an Air Force pilot, but he broke his legs before the course. He was out of course. He never got to fulfill a dream. He became an accountant. Nobody's laughing. It's a valid dream. But you know, he was wrestling at that point of time where he lost all his hope. He sunk into a point of depression. And he said that those who were compassionate enough to kind of journey with him were the ones who lifted him out of the miry clay. I don't think he mentioned his parents because his parents had expectations. And one of the largest burdens he had to carry were the expectations of his parents. His parents expected him to continue pursuing that Air Force pilot dream because it's a good dream. But he said, I couldn't do it. I can't do it anymore. My friends, at a recent mental health conference, this is what a young person shared. I want to share that with you. Somebody sent it to me. What is something I wish my parents can understand about my struggles? This is from a young person. Number one, I wish someone would pull me out of it, but sometimes I just want to be alone. Number two, I hope that my parents will not always try to solve and dismiss my problems, but to really understand me. I wish my mom can understand that I have no idea what's wrong with myself either, and I'm trying my best to be normal. I wish my parents would understand that I struggle and to understand my struggles and not judge me for my struggles and not scold me every time I try to share my struggles. I wish that my parents would be more open in your struggles because that can help me be open in mine. I wish they would understand that my struggles were the bulk of my childhood trauma. Church and Jesus does not magically make depression disappear. It takes time. It takes time. And that's why the journey is so important. Things don't magically disappear for our young people. Are we willing to journey with them? The young people amongst us, just in case you think that these are your reflections, as Marvel shared, we'll be mutual about it. I want to share you the confessions of a parent. And perhaps you can understand parents a little better. Confessions of a parent. Sometimes I think the only way you will love me is if I do things for you, like solve problems for you. So youths understand that we as parents, that's what we think sometimes. Can you please just pay some attention instead of always looking at your phone? How true that is. Sometimes we parents long that you would just stop and look at us, listen to us. I just long for some appreciation because I'm very tired. So tired from work and trying to make things happen for the family. These are sentiments of parents. They are tired too. So tired from everything else they have to handle. 
always asking whether you've done your work, finished your tuition, or how CCA. It's just my way of trying to care and connect. I know you don't like it, but I am really trying. I am. Parents are trying hard. Use I hope you can understand. I really hope you will grow up to love God, but I feel so defeated and afraid when you are so exposed to the world. These are the fears that we parents have. I hate myself when I'm not a good example. I know I've stumbled you, but I really want to model Jesus to you. Please help me too. Use, can you help your parents? Tell them how to model Jesus to you and for you. Finally, I need encouragement too. Amen, parents. I see a lot nodding. Parents need encouragement too. Use, encourage your parents. Parents, love and journey with your youth. You know, as I close, thank you for giving me your attention to this sermon. You know, Apostle Paul says, you got to be strong in God's grace. Hey, Timothy, he says, before you go and lay foundations, this is the starting point. Be strong in God's grace. That's the starting. That's the source. And you got to get into God's grace. Every generation, we need God's grace. It's only when we acknowledge that we need this grace that we will be empowered to lay that foundation, to be the example that there may be true revival. And so today, in our lifelong discipleship of our youth, would you first allow them to be your heroes? Allow them to set the example for you. Would you lead them with your example? And would you lay the foundations for their example? Love, faith, and purity. You know, I think God is calling some of us here to disciple our youth in the youth ministry. You know, if you feel a stirring in your heart, as you know, as, as I preach, you feel, I, got, I think I can do something. I think I can join this ministry. I don't know what I can offer. But you know, we have, we have seniors among us. We have grandmothers who serve in the youth ministry. You know why? Because they simply love the next generation. And I want to invite all of you here to consider how you can sow into the ministry and life of our youth and lay those foundations. If that's your call, you join us. You join us. You explore. Take the next step just to explore. Not asking you to serve four or five years of your life. Just explore how you can begin to sow into the lives and the discipleship of the next generation. So that one day, when we see our Lord Jesus Christ, He will say to all of us, well done, good and faithful servants. You have loved our youth. And as a youth, you have honoured your parents. That one day together, as a church, as a community, we're going to see revival come, amen. We're going to believe that God is going to do a mighty, mighty work in our midst. And I'm going to invite you to pray now with me. Will you join me in prayer? We're just going to take some time to respond to God's word. Holy Spirit, would you come and stir our hearts for more of you? Whisper your living truth to each one of us. Come and change our hearts. Turn the hearts of our parents to the children. Turn the hearts of children to their parents. Let each generation honour one another. That indeed, O oh God, we will see your glory come. We will see many more come to know and love you. So Lord, we declare that we need you. And right now here, if you are in a doubt with 
a youth, as your child, or maybe you have a passion for someone who is young, I'm going to invite you just to stretch forth your hands symbolically. If they're around you, just place your hands over them. Just place your hands over your sons, your daughters. Yeah, just place your hands over them. Okay, if you're comfortable too. Right, I want you to pray for them right now. I want you to begin to pray that they will have a personal encounter with God. Amen. That they're not going to inherit your faith. They will have their own faith. Pray. Just begin to pray right now. Hallelujah. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh come and do your work in us, Lord. All our prayers arise like incense in this place. God, thank you. Lord, thank you. Now I'm going to invite the young person. If you are youth in YM, or you're a young adult, it doesn't matter. I'm going to invite you to lay your hands on your parents. Is that okay? Just do that. Yeah, just bless an adult next to you. Lay hands on your parents. I want to invite you to pray for your parents right now. Pray for the adult next to you. That they too will always have that living relationship with God. That they will not let career or the things of the world cloud their walk with God. That they will be pure, upright. That they will set an example for you. That you have God's grace to always be faithful. Thank you, Lord. Let young ones, you pray, you minister your prayer. Pray for your parents. So God, thank you. Thank you for this time that as we gather, as we draw near to your word, Lord, you do that deep transformation. Jesus, help us remember that you are our reward. In all generations, Jesus, we choose to follow you because you are that reward that we long for. To come, Lord Jesus, take your rightful place in our hearts, in our lives. Everything we count a lost compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let that be our cry in every generation. Let that be our vision. Let that be our hope. Hear our prayers, God. Lord, we need you because we pray and ask all these in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen.